Hi, it's Dom here, pastor at Assemble Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged, inspired, and equipped to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message today. If we were in a different church, we might give a name to this particular Sunday. Anybody got any ideas what that name would be? No, Passion Sunday. That's what uh, particularly the Church of England maybe uh, would say for the fifth Sunday in Lent. Um, and although that wasn't our starting point for, for this morning, um, actually it's not, a, it's not a bad title for us to say that it's Passion Sunday because we're looking at the, uh, the passion of Jesus through the eyes uh, of John chapter 18. This morning we'll move closer into the uh, days before that Jesus was was crucified and then resurrected. Uh, And and that time um, is is a very passionate moment. Sundays should be a very passionate time for for us. I don't know about you, but but the worship, uh, the, 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 the band led us in this morning, I felt quite passionate. Uh, about some of the things that we were, were singing uh, and the ways in which we were encouraged by Ollie to, to, to enter in. As, as we look at chapter 18, we're, we're picking up again. Um, Dom was my herald. He was here last week telling us where we are in terms of St. John and the, the gap and some of the things that uh, had been shared previously. Uh, but this morning we enter in again formally into uh, the, ch- the final chapters of, of the, the, the Gospel of, of John. And in chapter 18, we see this uh, interesting mix where Jesus is, is obviously the, the, the centre figure. Uh, and we see this mix of power and authority, the tensions that there are between uh, different players in, in, in this. But we also observe the, the humility uh, and the vulnerability um, of, of Jesus. Chapter 18 has got 40 verses, so I'm, I'm not going to go through them one by one, or I think your Sunday roast would be burnt. Um, but I'll, I'll set the scene, really, by, by just going through chapter 18 and, and, and giving you the shape, most of it, all of it, Will, will be familiar to probably all of you or, or, or some of you. But, but just to give it a, a little bit of texture, um, I, I did say to, to Naomi that I was going to cause trouble this morning. Uh, and, and we're not going to read the 40 verses. I felt that was too long. So I'm going to refer to blocks of verses and then I'm going to go backwards and then I'm going to go forwards. Um, my aim is really to confuse Naomi as, as much as I can this morning. Um, she will do her best to put the verses on the screen. But if you have an electric Bible, or even one with paper on, um, you are advised and encouraged that it might be slightly easier to, to follow the, uh, the path um, if, if you look at those. But Naomi has promised to do her very best. Can I just say that the, the people in the back, as well as the musicians as well, are, are, our, are our unsung heroes. So shall we just give a bit of appreciation for, for, for those at the back? 
creep. Um, okay, let me, let me give you the, the shape, the texture of chapter 18. Uh, it starts in, in verse 1. It follows on from the, the, the Last Supper and a time of, uh, of intimate prayer. And the first verse takes us to the lower slopes of the Mount of Olives uh, and then into the Garden of, of Gethsemane, where Jesus is with his disciples. Verses 2 to 3, uh, onto this scene comes Judas... Um, the betrayer. He comes with soldiers who carry lights uh, and weapons. In verses 4 to 9, we see that if it were not quite so serious, you could be forgiven uh, for uh, thinking that there's a certain amount of pointless banter going on. As questions are asked that don't need to be answered, identifications are short, a sort of people who are clearly identified anyway. Verses 10 to 11, we see the, the, the sword-wielding Simon Peter, who lops off the ear of the, the high priest's servant, uh, only to be rebuked, rebuked by, by Jesus. Then it moves again to 12 to 14, where we see that Jesus is, is dragged before the Jewish leader Annas, in verses 15 to 18, uh, as forewarned by Jesus, Simon Peter reappears and, and follows, um, following a question posed by another follower of Jesus, denies that he knows Jesus. Probably doesn't make mention in the John text, but um, others make mention to a cock crowing at that time as a reminder that Jesus told him, this is what's going to happen. Moving on, verses uh, 19 to 24, we see that Jesus is then questioned by the high priest on his teaching. Um, and then just for good measure, because of Jesus' impertinence, or said impertinence, he, he gets a slap. Verses 25 to 27, we're back to Simon Peter, who completes the prophecy of, of Jesus, uh, of denying Jesus um, I always get this the wrong way around. Three times and the cock crows twice. Is that right? I think it's that way around. Um, and the, the I can't, does, it, does it say the cock crows in that one? I can't. I can't remember. Verse twenty-seven. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then verses twenty-eight to forty, the last part of, of the chapter. Jesus is then dragged before Pilate, the Roman governor. On, on the face of it. Pilate tries to understand what's going on and, and who Jesus is, but, but he doesn't quite get there. He, do, he doesn't get it. He thinks that he's got a, a get-out clause when it comes to the uh, law of the Passover, where they're entitled to release a, a criminal, a rebel, whoever. Um, and so Pilate thinks that, that Barabbas, this uh, rough on rebellious person could be just the person that, that they could put up and they would shout for Jesus. But of course, uh, we know what happened. They shouted for Barabbas. Uh, and it doesn't use the word crucify in John's gospel, but basically that is what the crowd then begin to, to, to cry for. 
they cry for Jesus to be crucified. That's, uh, that's a fairly full, fast-moving uh, chapter 18 of John's version. If you want to find out more about Pilate and what goes on, um, then I think it's Liv next week who will continue the, uh, the, the passion uh, of the story of, uh, of Jesus. On, on the face of it, Jesus is getting a raw deal. Well, clearly he is. He's subjected to Jewish and, and Roman authorities. And uh, yet yeah, Jesus is far from, from being powerless or beaten or whatever other expression we, we would use. And as we focus on the, the text a little bit now, we can see that there are several examples of how despite all the situation, all that's going on and all that Jesus knows will go on, Jesus is still able to maintain a certain amount of power and, and control in that situation. So let's have a look at a few of the, few of the ways that Jesus demonstrates this, this power and, and authority. First issue is, is the uh, the way that Jesus owns the name of being a king, the kingship of, of Jesus. How does this manifest in, in this narrative? Pilate doesn't quite understand the nature of Jesus' kingship, that, that's clear. Uh, and in verse 33, he asks outright, are you the king of the Jews? Uh, and then in verse 36, Jesus explains, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from another place. In verse 37, Pilate's response with, I think, probably a tongue-in-cheek, says, you are a king then. Then again in verse 39, in attempting to get Jesus released, he addresses the crowd and refers to Jesus as the King of the Jews. Well, all we can say is that Pilate seems to have some understanding of Jesus' authority. So we have the kingship. The second thing is the question of who is taking the initiative? And we get a big clue um, from verse 4 in this one, because verse 4 says, Jesus, knowing all that was to happen. Can you imagine? It's, it's one thing to be put through this, this ordeal of step by step by step, but to know that at the end of it, Jesus is going to be slapped, he's going to be beaten, and then he's going to be crucified. Just let that stir for a bit. Just get back to that place in your imaginations and in your thoughts. Jesus knew. He knew what was ahead. And he took the initiative. And he was like the chess master moving the chess pieces. They played their games. They had their systems. 
but Jesus decided that he would go so far with them, but that ultimately he was in control. Kingship, taking the initiative. The third way that, that Jesus demonstrates his authority um, is by his revelation of his spiritual power. Verse 6 is, is a little bit curious for us. In uh, identifying himself in response to the, 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 the questions, he says, I am he. Well, you remember from last week that, that Dom reminded us uh, of the seven I am sayings. Uh, and the Greek ego eimi, which is I am, is the same that's used here that was used in, in, in other chapters of, of St. John's Gospel. But something curious happens here because when Jesus says, I am he, which on the face of it seems to be just straightforward identification. But the curious thing is that the, uh, the, the officials, the soldiers, they, it doesn't say they get a bit twitchy, but in my Bible it says they get a bit twitchy. How do I know this? I know this um, because in verse 6 it records that the soldiers and the officials drew back and fell to the ground. Now, they were in control, at least they thought they were. And all Jesus had to say was, I am. And suddenly they got, they got twitchy and nervous. And they fell to the ground. Now, John here wasn't re reporting that it was one of the great I ams. And Dom got it wrong last week and there are eight I ams. Well, in a sense, there are far more I ams. Uh, but it doesn't have that same pulling power. Because it's not like I am the vine or I am the bread of life. It's just, I am he. But I have this picture in my mind of the, the sort of twittering. I am, it's I am. Down they go. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a curious verse to think that just a couple of words can have that effect uh, on, on people who supposedly uh, are in charge. Fourth demonstration of Jesus' power um, is in the way that he challenges high-ranking officials. Um, the high priest questions Jesus on his teaching, uh, but Jesus, verse 21, in the latter part of his response, says, why question me? Ask those who, who hurt me. That was the reason why he got a slap, because of the impertinence that, that Jesus should say such a thing to, to a high priest. Then in verse 23, Jesus follows it up saying, if I said something wrong, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Jesus was not going to be pushed. He was going to allow them to have their, their, their day, um, but he was making it clear he was not going to be a doormat. Even in, in this situation, there was good news to tell. But in, in the meantime, he was going to deal fairly, justly, uh, but, but firmly with those who tried to, to push him around. Verse 33 to 34, we see Pilate asking if Jesus is the king of the Jews. And the answer 
Um, I assume that Pilate would take as impertinence from Jesus was, is that your own idea? Sounds a bit like the sort of the spin doctors in the houses of, of Parliament, you know. Is that your own idea or has someone spun it for you? And then, then the last demonstration of the authority and the, and the power of Jesus comes uh, in verse 37, where Jesus says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Truth is a, a matter of authority, even a, a matter of power. And because Jesus spoke the truth, then he still held in, in his own particular way the authority that the truth giver uh, will, will always have. So, so there are sort of five demonstrations out of this narrative that, that show that uh, Jesus was, was, was king, taking the initiative, challenging um, high-ranking officials, um, showing his, his spiritual power just by a couple of words, the way that he challenged the high-ranking ones and by speaking the truth. But then there's the other side, the, 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 the flip side of things, that where this, this power struggle is, is going on, and which we'll see more and more over the next few weeks leading up to Easter Sunday and, and, and then the resurrection after it. Uh, but we also see this, this humility. The, the Latin word for humility is humus. So you think, ah, oh, chickpea mashup. Um, not quite. That's got two M's, but, but, but one M, humus, from the Latin, technically says, technically interpreted as to be face down in the dirt, submitting to the authority of another. When, when, when I think about that, I, I have a picture of Jesus bending down, in a sense, bending down and touching the dirt as he washed the, the disciples' feet. It's that kind of humility that you bow down. You might, might not be truly fully facing the dirt moment, but, but those times where we brought low for, for, for whatever reason, where we remember, in a sense, literally, that, that, that we are but dust. The Bible um, tells us tells us this, and like the, the the display of power and authority in this chapter, um, there's also several points at which we can observe the the humility uh, that, that that comes with with Jesus. Verse three talks about a detachment of uh, of soldiers. This shows that, that, that Jesus was not only subjected to the, um, to, to the betrayer, to the tricks, but also to a detachment of soldiers. Detachment, in this sense, normally means a, a large number. No, no idea what, what that translates in terms of actual numbers, but a detachment means that there are lots of soldiers. So in, in Jesus' Pushing through towards the cross uh, is having to deal not just with words, but is also having to deal with physical power. 
But, but, uh, but Jesus continues not to be pushed around and to, to, to bite back, but to demonstrate that humility, even though with a detachment of soldiers, Jesus is also becoming a spectacle. We also see in verse 4 that Jesus is, is not going to be pushed around, vulnerable though, though he is. He says, who is it you want? Um, and then says, I am he. He could have said, well, it's the guy around, just gone around the corner. But that wasn't part of, the, of heaven's plan. That wasn't part of God's plan. Jesus knew the, the way he would have to go. And that included the cross. Verse 11, we see um, Jesus saying, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup? The Father has given me. And that's the cup that, that, that represents the ultimate sacrifice of death on a cross and Jesus taking the sins of the world on his shoulders. Jesus was going to drink from that bitter cup. And Jesus is the one who went to the cross that he would bear not just the disciples' sins, not just the authorities' sins, but as a once-and-for-all, one-time act of salvation, that he would go to the cross so that our sins might be forgiven. I want you to, to hear that. Because it's so, so important. Because over the years I've spoken to many, many people. People of great faith, people of moderate faith, who still struggle with the whole business of forgiveness of sins. And I just offer this morning in the name of Jesus, that if there is anything in your mind, in your hearts, in your lives that you feel that you're not worthy of forgiveness. And I stand alongside you in that. But I also say through personal experience and from reading God's word, get over it. Because you're not bigger than the forgiveness of God. Let's draw it together. Let's, let me ask a question. And the question I'm going to ask is, what does chapter 18 mean to you? It, it, it's kind of fast-paced. It, 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 it's dense. It's a little bit theological interaction. But at the end of the day, what, what you're going to do when you walk away from this Sunday, you're going to say, we had some great worship with a band. And we, we have. And you might even be forgiven for saying, well, we heard David, but come on. We've heard, heard it before. But I want to challenge you to go a step further. I want you not to just walk away and 
and put a tick against the fifth Sunday in Lent, if you're that kind of person, or you're not, or you're prepared just to, hmm, that's about right. I want you to be moved. Because this is our God. This is the Lord God Almighty. This, as we move on the next week or two, we'll see yet again, in, as we deal with it in our thinking, in our hearts, that this is the Lord who, destined for our salva salvation, had to go to the cross. And in all humility, I say to you, it's got to make a difference. We walk away this morning feeling that we've read some inspired narrative. Well, that's certainly true. Maybe for you, it's, it's been faith building. Maybe it's been, uh, or we've just noted this extreme of the authority and the uh, humility. Or maybe we've just been able to take that little bit of Jesus' journey in, in our hearts and, and in our minds. But I hope it's more. Not just because I'm the, I'm the guy at the front sharing some of the words. I don't care if you forget what I said, what I've said. But I do care that we own the sacrifice of Jesus. That we understand that it was there for us. And I want now just to read in closing. I, I just want to read a, a few things. A few verses from scripture. That just remind us more and more about the authority of God and, and his humility. I'm going to read a couple of um, songs as well. One that's just 150 years old, uh, and one that's about 35 years old. And um, some of you will know the first one, and some of you will think I'm off my trolley, but um, I am. So what I want to do now is just to, not quite in the silence, because I'm going to put a few verses of, of God's Word out, and just a few verses that might just identify with your own experiences. Pray if you want. Close your eyes if you want. Just relax. Relax in that it is done. Relax that you're made beautiful and at the same time you were made beautiful, Jesus had already fix the system of salvation for you that one day we will all be in heaven some words first from Mark 10 43 to 45 whoever wants to become great among you you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. James chapter 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Luke 14 verse 11 says, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. From the old hymn, Man of Sorrows, few lines. Man of Sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Bearing shame and scoffing rude. In my place. Condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Hallelujah. What a saviour.
finally in meekness and majesty. Meekness and majesty, manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who is God, Lord of eternity, dwells in humanity, kneels in humility, and washes our feet. Friends, be moved by these things. If you need to follow up any aspect of Christ's salvation, thoughts you've had this morning, situations you've been part of, or you want to find out more about this Jesus. Then in a short while, Anne and David will, will, will be at the front and they'll be ready with open arms to pray with and, and for you. But the last thing I want to do is, is to encourage you in, in prayer prayer of your own. I, I encourage you at this time particularly to pray against power in the wrong hands. To pray against a, a lack of humility in leaders, both civic and Christian. Friends, would you join me in praying against bullying? We think of bullying at school, maybe, but there's even national bullying going on. Political bullying. And friends, I've got to share with you, with a heavy heart, that there is still so much bullying going on in Christ church would you pray against prejudice the myriads of different forms of, of prejudice are putting people down so that others might try to step up in arrogance Would you pray against the harsh judgments? We've read about some of the harsh judgments that Jesus experienced. Would you pray for Christian leaders who have lost their way? Would you continue in prayer for that? 
obscene use of power in Ukraine. Would you pray against the arrogance of, hep- of heavy shepherding in Christian life? Would you pray for the repentance of the world and the misuse of power and the lack of humility? Or would you join with Jesus? And pray in and with and for the truth. And there's just one final personal PS that I put at the bottom of this. And that is give thanks for Dom and Sam. for their humility and their responsible attitude to the practice of leadership. Lift out your hands towards them. Some of the Lord haven't been here so long, perhaps some for just a a short while. But very quickly we're known to trust, to love Dom and Sam. And it would be so easy because they have your authority for them to exercise a, a power trait. But that is none of our experience. But we do thank you for their humility, Lord. For the way they're open to hear from you in whatever way. Lord, at the same time as we remember all all the bad things that come in the name of power, we just rejoice, Lord, in those demonstrable acts of humility and love. So we just ask that you will protect them, that you will continue to guide them and bless them. In the loving name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Friends, we're going to come to a conclusion as we sing our final worship song but please remember that Anne and David are here if there's been something particular moving maybe for a first time in your lives and just come and have a word with Sam and Dom myself whoever but don't let this day pass without you feeling the power of God in your life. Let's continue to worship. That's all for now. We pray that you heard something that brought life to you today so that you may go and be the person that God called you to be. God bless you.